Good morning. Welcome to Living Fellowship. Welcome online. So glad everybody's uh, come out to be with us and joined us in person and online. Very excited to be speaking to you, what I'm uh, going to be talking about here today. And I think today we'll title the recording Righteousness. I, I will be talking about the righteousness of God, but I'm not going to title it that because there's more than one type or form of righteousness that you'll see. And um, it's going to complement, go right along with what we've been talking about, about fear not and, and godly fear, because ultimately we're going to see that it's the righteousness of God that creates the fear of the Lord, which is clean in us. And we're able to walk in a clean fear and not a fear of torment and serve the Lord acceptable in his sight, as we read last week in uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter and the 28th verse. If you have your Bibles today, let's turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at Paul's writings in the third chapter. And we'll begin reading in the sixth verse. Now, Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples, many of the times he would talk to them and use the Pharisees as a parable to teach them. In other words, he would talk to them about the Pharisees often. How many of you know who the Pharisees are? And the Sadducees, they, the Pharisees were the strictest sect of the uh, Jewish religion at the time. And the, and the um, Sadducees were right there with them. The difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees were that uh, the Pharisees believed in angels and they believed in the spirit. The Sadducees didn't. And I learned a, a little cute thing years and years ago. Dathan knows it. That's why they're Sadducee. Because they don't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the spirit. But the Pharisees did. And the Pharisees stood out because of uh, they led um, Israel in the thought of religion because of how they dressed, what they uh, spoke, where they went, and the things that they did. And they basically proclaimed to everyone that knew them that we are at God's right hand. In other words, we are the ones. And even the disciples at times would question, Lord, Jesus would speak his doctrine. He would speak to him in parables. And the disciples came and said, Lord, know ye not the Pharisees are offended at your sayings? And Jesus said, basically, you can read it for yourself. We've done this many times. Leave them alone. They be the dead, uh, dead burying the dead. He said, if the dead bury the dead. He told them that, to leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. That's what he said. And... Uh, <clears throat> if the, you're being led by the blind, what happens to you? Jesus said, you'll fall into a ditch, huh? Okay. So, in Matthew 5 and 20, Jesus speaking to his disciples, and like I said, he'd tell them stuff like, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And many times he would point them out and use them to teach his disciples. He um, said in Matthew 5 and 20, Accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. Now that's a rich scripture right there. First of all, it shows you there's, one, there's more than one form of righteousness. The Pharisees had a righteousness, but their righteousness would not get them into the kingdom of God. The only way into the kingdom of God is through the righteousness of God. And we have some great examples in the scriptures, even going all the way back to Genesis 15 with Abraham, 
You remember, I think uh, Paul also talked about it in Romans, the fourth chapter. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So this year at Living Fellowship, I don't care what city you're in, if it's Chicago, Boise, Yuma, or uh, somewhere there's not an established church like here in Visalia, California, God has shown us that he is going to teach us more about the Spirit and learning about the Spirit of God, God, which is the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost. If you will, he is willing to teach you this year how to hear the Spirit, believe the Spirit, trust the Spirit, and walk in the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, what does the Scripture say about us? If you walk in the Spirit, you're a son of God. They that are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God, right? So that sounds like a great deal, being adopted into the family of God and having God as our Father and being led by the Spirit of truth and living like uh, Lamont asked us to pray for the people in uh, Ukraine here today. Yes, that they would send the Spirit to comfort in such a time of need. And, and, and the Lord is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So let's keep all of us in prayers. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that's Jesus. He's the first one that mediates. He's the first one that prays. But are we to pray ye one for another? Yes, confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another. For the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Interesting, huh? A righteous man. We're going to talk about righteousness here today. And again, I'm going to emphasize, Jesus told his disciples, his followers, the two be apostles, accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? No wonder Jesus said that. We quoted this last week. Is it um, Romans 14, 17? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. First thing. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All of those things are... A peace of God that passes understanding. The joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And what I'm going to teach you here today, and have already been teaching you, the righteousness of God, which creates you as a new man. Did you know that? Hopefully we get to it today. If we won't in the future, um, Romans, the sixth chapter, tells you that you're either the servant of sin because of disobedience, or you're the servant of righteousness because of obedience. And guess what? We all start off disobedient. We all start off in sin, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there's a hope. There's a hope in Jesus Christ. And there's a hope by the grace of God that we can come out of the old man and into the new man. And I'm going to make a statement right now about the old man. He is created, I know the scripture says, in righteousness and true holiness, We'll probably read that here today. I think it's Romans 6. I know he talks about it in the book of Ephesians also. But um, it says that the old man is corrupt according to his deceitful lust, but the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness. A person could look at that as, okay, here's the new man, and now he's righteous. But what I'm portraying to you here today, and what I'm delivering to you is, it's the righteousness of God that actually creates him. 
And if I could speak to you in layman's terms just as simple as I possibly could right now about righteousness, because we're getting ready to talk, well, we'll do it right now. The Pharisees, what was their righteousness? Self-righteousness, right? And it comes, Sharon's right, from the law. And they thought their ability to keep the law and do what the law said uh, made them righteous, although, which they wouldn't believe Paul's writings because they didn't believe in Jesus. Paul, Paul said, um, well, Jesus said that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. Paul said, no flesh shall be justified by the law. So you could keep the law, but can you keep the whole law? Because if you don't keep the whole law, you're guilty of all the law. Paul said in his writings, correct? But uh, um, in, in layman's terms, and we talked about this last week, I'm just doing a little bit of review. Your uh, ability to keep the commandments of God are not going to justify you. But there's something about trying to do right and doing the best you can that God sees your intent. You know, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the marrow and the joints, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Intent is why you do what you do. It's your motive. So in my intent, is my intent towards loving God? Or am I doing this for God, or am I doing it for myself? There are things that we can do uh, that we do for our own personal gain. Our intent is not about loving God. And, and to love God is the first and great commandment, isn't it? And boy, it's really been burning in my heart, but to preach about the whole heart. Not just a piece of your heart, not just a part of your heart, but love God with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole soul, with your whole body, and all your strength is the first and great commandment. So when we do the things we do, we have to ask ourselves, why do we do them? Whether they're good or evil, righteous or unrighteous, because it's the word of God that's looking to discern, Mr. Walker, the thought and the intent of your heart. And there are many times we don't know. First of all, if the thought's right or wrong, we don't know. Many times we don't know our intent, because it's the word of God that has to discern that for us. But my advice to you is, do everything you do to the best of your ability, to the best of your knowledge, with an intent that I love God, knowing that by God's grace, if I'm wrong, he'll correct me, as a father chasteneth a son. If I'm right, he's going to add to me and take me a little bit farther. But again, the simplicity of this is, when we believe things about God, where did we get them from? So uh, I read the Bible. That's awesome. That's good. Um, like me, my mom told me about Jesus. Uh, a pastor down the road. Whoever, wherever you learn the things you believe about God, they could be right and they could be wrong. What's awesome about uh, the spirit of truth, he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever, Jesus said, that I've said unto you. Correct? So here's the simplicity of it. God is truth. He is faithful. When God speaks a truth to us, and I believe the whole Bible is truth. Every, all 66 books, every word in it, I believe is true. But where we get into trouble is by interpretation. When we try to do it by ourselves or by what somebody else told us. So when God gives you a truth, 
And, and listen, I'm not him hawing around. I'm saying an actual God sent truth from heaven by his spirit. And it corrects a thought that you thought was true, but let's say it was wrong. Did he just make it right? He imputed righteousness to you. So what if God is working with you and dealing with you about maybe some things we weren't believing were right? And we weren't believing in truth. Are we telling him, I think I'm right and you're wrong? If we don't receive that truth? And, and see, this, what works together hand in hand with righteousness is the first two principal doctrines of Christ. The foundational doctrines found in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. He said, um, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation huh, of what? Foundational principal doctrines of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Now, we've taught this many times. I'm gonna, it's worth saying again, repentance is a turning away. But repentance is only half done. If you're walking the wrong way and God says repent, you turned. But you're not doing anything. What do you have to do? you got to take that truth that he's given you and you walk with it. And you walk towards God. That's faith toward God. Now you've completed the foundation. And God will do that. I'm going to be very, very conservative right now. Many, many, many times in your lifetime. And you know what? When you love God and you love the word of God and God calls you into a repentance and begins to give you truth and you love that truth, your life is going to be so awesome. You're going to be so appreciative. You're going to be walking by the Spirit, hearing truth, repenting, walking in faith, learning of Jesus Christ greater and greater every single day of your life, and you're going to do like me and, and, and proclaim to God, I love you. I am so thankful for this life. I am so thankful you are who you are and that you called me into this grace by your truth and your word. I love, I love you. I love my life. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody say the same thing? <laughs> Pretty excited about this here today. Now, I asked you to turn to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. In this chapter, Paul is talking about uh, a new covenant or the ministers of a new covenant. He's telling them, we, your written epistles read of all men, we're the ministers of the new covenant. And you know what's uh, interesting about this? If you listen to last week's recording on godly fear, it, it's clean. Um, Psalms 19 and 9 says the fear of the Lord is clean and, and if you go back and listen to that godly fear that's where we get the thought of because uh, the writer of Hebrews says at the end of the chapter in the 28th verse that we serve God uh, acceptably with reverence and godly fear his fear how many of you remember us talking about Exodus the 20th chapter where um, Israel had come out of Egypt they come through the Red Sea. God performed many miracles for him, 10 signs and wonders in Egypt. Then he divides the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground, and he gives them an invitation. He, he says, come up to the mount. Come up to Mount Sinai, huh? which is also called Mount Horeb. Come up here. He said, I want to talk to you. And I'm paraphrasing. You go read Exodus 20 yourself. He said, I'm going to talk to you face to face. But there was thundering, and there was lightning. And in the New Testament, it said that even Moses feared and shook and quaked exceedingly. It was such a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, their perception was, if God talks to us, we're going to die. So God has called us up here to kill us. 
Do you guys remember the three things that the Lord, that Moses said to Israel that God was going to do? Why the intent of God was to bring them to this mountain that thundered, that lightning, that quaked, and it and scared them exceedingly. Do you remember the three things that he said he'd do? The first thing he said to them was, fear not. And then he explained to them why God brought them up to this mountain. Nobody remembers, huh? He said, to prove you that his fear would be before your eyes. And what was the last one? That you sin not. To prove you that his fear would be before your faces and that you sin not. So look at God's perception. I'm giving you an invitation. I'm giving you an invitation to come up and make sure there's no sin in your life. Do you realize that God does that every single day for you and I? He talks to you to put you in the truth, to impute righteousness to you. In simplicity, I know the Bible says a lot of things about sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. But I've taught this many times, and again, it's simple, but sin is a misperception of the truth. We used this example years ago in the uh, medieval times and what? They would be practicing with their bows and arrows and they'd have a, a target set up. And sometimes they'd shoot from so far they had to have spotters, people that watched to see where the arrow went and to tell them. And if they would miss the whole target, the spotter would yell out, Sin! You missed. Are you with me? You missed the target. That's what sin does to us. But there's a little more to sin, actually a lot more than just a misperception. This misperception of God causes us to be separated from God. When, when we believe God in a lie, and then when I say that, we're going to also read that sometimes we do things ignorantly. Did you know in the Old Testament, I believe it's in the book of Leviticus, that there was an offering, you know, there was many things, laws. I think Pastor Daniel mentioned on a recording there was 613 laws given. Most people just think there's Ten Commandments. He gave a whole lot more laws than that. Now you know why it's so hard to keep them all, huh? Flesh can't do it. What does it? The grace of God on you. The grace covering you. We're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you could keep all the commandments, well, you'd be boasting that you're God, wouldn't you? But that's why there's only one God. And that's why we need the grace of God, huh, Dathan? He's shaking his head. Give me an amen. Um, where was I? Sin. The other thing about sin and being a misperception is it separates you from God. You remember what happened when Adam, the original sin in the garden? Go back and read it. When, he, when God called him, he was afraid, wasn't he? Where art thou, Adam? Oh, I'm naked. I hid myself because I was afraid. See what sin did? Caused the Son of God to be afraid of God and not in a clean fear, in an unclean fear, not interpret him right. His father that he walked with, Ali, in the cool of the day that loved him, that created all things and put him over all things, said, I'm naked and I'm afraid. Sin did that. He got deceived by a serpent. He misperceived God. 
God said, do not eat of the tree. The serpent said, you, you're not going to die. Go ahead. We're good. You're going to be fine. Go ahead, eat of the tree. Huh? You ever have those thoughts in your mind? You know what you're doing is wrong. Huh? You know you shouldn't do it. It's funny how we get tested. <laughs> those of you that know me, my wife has trained me to be a bargain shopper, okay? I have got to fight all the time to spend money because I'm, she's made me a tightwad. <laughs> and God bless her soul because she got us to where we are. But like I, I tell her all the time, honey, we're not that anymore. We have a little bit of savings. We can do some things. Bid RL, Nathan said. <laughs> for those of you online, that's a bidding site. And my wife's handle, her name for the bidding site is Addicted One. Robin's laughing, but Robin, do you get on BNRL? <laughs> Brittany? <laughs> okay, let's get back to the Word of God, you guys. So, I'll check the different supermarkets because food is very expensive these days. Everything is. It's just outrageous. Food, gas, natural gas. So we're trying to save money anywhere we can. All right? I don't have two freezers in my garage because I think there's going to be an apocalypse and i got to save food and i got to save water and i got to do all that stuff. I have that stuff there because when I get five, ten dollars off of a steak, it's going in that freezer. Okay? So here's the deal. The store I go to has these little coupons. And they'll say one dollar off, two dollars off, three dollars off, four dollars off. And the best one I've ever seen is a five dollar off. And they'll put it on the chicken, they'll put it on the beef, whatever. When you take it up there, they take that little coupon, they peel it off and take that off the price. Save a lot of money, right? So I go to my store and I'm looking for those coupons and I see a couple different things, nothing really good. Now, the butcher left a whole roll of coupons <laughs> sitting there. Allie, second to best one, $4. Allison, anything I wanted, I had $4 off of it. And I mean a huge roll. You know what? One word, one thought, one word. No, two words came into my mind when I saw that thing. What were they? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And then I said, no, I can't do it. Here I am preaching about righteousness. I mean, that's stealing. If they put it on there, that's uh, a blessing. <laughs> that's a discount that I can take advantage of. If I go around the store picking everything I want to, I'm a thief. Now, now don't think I didn't envision it. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there were hundreds of dollars on that roll, Sharon. And here's what I did. Here's what I did to make sure that it didn't tempt me. I grabbed it, and I walked straight over to the first butcher I saw, and I said, I think you left this over here. And he goes, oh, darn, yeah. I said, it's uh, very tempting, but I have to be honest. And he said, you know, thank you very much. And we had a little conversation there. Daryl, one even bigger than this. Last year, Daryl's sitting in his vehicle, and there's a wallet outside his car, and a lady gets his attention, thought it was his. Do you want to tell it? I'll tell it. You correct me. The wallet's sitting outside the door. She gets Daryl's attention. He looks out, gets the wallet. It's not his wallet. How much money did it have in it, Daryl? Two words, huh, Daryl? <laughs> Thank you. But no, Daryl, you didn't do that, did you? You got a hold of the man. You didn't take a dime out of that wallet. You gave all $800 back to him. 
And I think out of it, you got to thank you. He hadn't even known he lost it yet. Yeah. So how many of you would do the same thing that Daryl and I did? That's awesome. Now let's take it to another level. What about that lottery ticket that the person didn't cash in? Now it's a million dollars. What do you think? Who could do it? Lamont, Lamont got his hand up. Hey, Lamont, what about that $100 billion one, brother? Yeah, my background also. Yeah. I'll try to recap that real quick. Lamont said his background's a Pentecostal background, which many of ours is also. And he was taught as a young man that if you just think it, you, you've already committed it. You know, and I probably one of the scriptures I get that from is Jesus said, if a man looketh upon a woman to lust after her, he's already committed adultery in, in his heart. And um, <clears throat> Lamont said he got freed from that. He learned that that wasn't true. See, because there's fleeting thoughts. And God knows and he's the only one that knows this. I'll show you how it actually works. Lamont, you probably already understand this, but I'm going to see if we can bless everybody else. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Put you right in the carnal mind, right? But notice, when it's conceived. What if it's never conceived? Even Paul himself talked about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. He talked about casting down every thought, casting down every imagination, huh? So you have it, you have the imagination, it all depends on what you do with it. So did I sin when I said, thank you? <laughs> no, I did not. I manifested a tempter and said, no, thank you. You with me? manifested a tempter, made the choice, didn't conceive. Does that make sense, Lamont? Does that make sense to you, sir? Yeah. Did not conceive the thought, but discerned it and said, we'll move on. I know uh, this is funny because I got into that 100 million, you know, 100 billion. That's a lot of money, huh? I know a pastor in, in Hanford that, um, well, I said it last week. I might as well say it this week. My little brother attends his church. And the pastor preaches against a lot of legalistic things, like how you dress, how you wear your hair, you can't wear jewelry, Johnny's got to cut his hair, Nicole can't. No makeup, uh, Nicole, because that's Jezebel. And, you know, all these, he, Lamont knows what I'm talking about. That's called legalism. I'll tell you what, honestly, that's your modern-day Pharisee right here, to be honest with you, and I'll show you why. I'll prove it to you right now. One of the things that Jesus warned his disciples about was the leaven of the Pharisees, he said, which was hypocrisy. You know what was awesome about the Pharisees being there to teach his disciples? Edith, Jesus told them, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Because they say the right thing, but then they don't do it. See, that goes right in the same thing Lamont and I are talking about right now. They say the right thing, Summer, but they don't do the right thing. So, there's a couple that have been over at Tachi. They won a good sum of money, good jackpot, Jim. Nice one. But they're feeling kind of guilty because they've been at the casino, you know? 
We probably shouldn't have done that. We don't know what to do with, with all this money. So they book a meeting with the pastor of the Pentecostal church. And they go and confess. We, uh, we was hungry. See, this kind of church, Lamont said they couldn't have a TV because it's uh, the one-eyed devil with a cell plugged in the wall. You know, I've seen it go as bad as a preacher preach against open-toed shoes. You know why? Toe cleavage. Toe cleavage. Listen, if toe cleavage turns you on, I'm not the one with the problem here. You are. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny, though, most of the time when people hide stuff away from them? <laughs> you know why Solomon, David's son, had a thousand wives and not a thousand and one? Because he had enough. <laughs> When you keep something back from people and you put along them, you say you can't do it? Tell me the last time you went on a diet and almost immediately your favorite food becomes twice as desirable. huh? When you tell people no immediately or you hide stuff from them, you say you can't look at a girl. What's the first thing a person wants to do? Lamont, I remember, and I think this thought and intent of doing the right thing before God... Um, in ignorance, I did it years ago, but the intent was right, so I think, I think, I believe it helped me, and God cares. We had jet skis, we had boats, we had all those things, and I learned about something called lust in the Bible. So I sold all that stuff because I didn't want to be out there on the water, Dathan, and look at them girls in them bikinis, and sin against God. So I sold it and got rid of all that stuff, you know? Again, is the thought conceived what was, was trying to, to do the right thing before God. So I got rid of my AK-47, my AR-15, my 45 long side, my Uzi 9mm, because it says, uh, refrain thyself from all appearance of evil. I got rid of all my assault weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said later, Sharon. <laughs> Sold my cars, uh, got rid of the boats, all those stuff, because, you know, Daryl, you had this thought one time, you're not supposed to be a rich man. You know, you, you like Jesus. You didn't have a place to lay your head, you know. But I, I tried to do all the right things and uh, found out at one point that I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep it. But you know what was awesome about that? It brought me to a place where I had to rely on Jesus Christ, where I had to believe the truth that I'm saved by his grace, where I had to believe the truth that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I had to believe that I am not God. I can't do this. I have got to trust and believe that Jesus loves me enough for him to do it. And that relieved everything. Took away all frustration and caused me to begin to um, follow after his righteousness and not perform a righteousness of my own. Now, we're going to get into this. We, we did a lot of talking. I did a lot of talking this week. Um, there's a whole lot more to get into and Actually, the first place I told you to turn to, we didn't even go to uh, 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. We'll start there next week. Is that okay? Christy. The church that I was talking to you about, that my brother went to, and the people had won a nice jackpot at the casino, but started to feel guilty about doing it because, you know, the preacher preached against all these different things and one of those was gambling so they make a meeting 
they, they go and sit down with the pastor, and the pastor's like, how, you know, how can I help you? So they tell him the story, and he's like, how much money was that? And they told him, and he said, okay, I know what to do. And they, and they said, what do you want us to do? You want us to give it back? You want us to give it to charity? He said, no, just pay tithes on the winnings, and I'll pray for you. You'll be just fine. <laughs> what do we got there? That's a hippie. <laughs> Not like Jim Gowan hippie, that's a hypocrite. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you with these words. We're all in different places. I say this all the time. We have a different relationship with God. Understand, have received different truths. Whatever you do, receive the word of God, believe it, trust it, and let God bring you into the spirit and do it with your whole heart. Do it with your whole heart. Let's say you're not walking in heavenly places. And I was going to tell you guys, that's how I was going to start this with the experience I had. I'll do that next week. It was a dream that I had. I was, uh, I was in heaven and uh, saw some awesome things. I'll, I'll share that with you. And, um, but my simple advice to you is here, just whatever you do for God, do it with your whole heart. Listen for truth. Pray that God would give you an ear to hear because it all begins with him giving, you receiving. He speaks the truth, you receive the truth. Now you're on your way. Do the absolute very best you can with that, and I promise you, you hold me to my word, that God is faithful, that God is good, and God is true. And he, you will never be able, to out, be able to outgive God. So give him your whole heart. Amen? Okay, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Walker. Uh, is it okay if I share a quick ending real quick? Yeah. Let me turn it on real quick. Yeah, your, your, your preaching today um, quickened an old preaching that was spoken years ago about culture of thought and how it was preached that all of us have, you know, a culture that can have sin in it or, or whatever, you know. And your preaching today really revealed that that culture is that old man. And even the examples you brought up today about how you can have those fleeting thoughts of doing something unrighteous that comes from that but how God is creating that new man or laying that righteous foundation where every word or act that comes from that will be from righteousness. It won't have to be from that old culture or that old man. There you go. And let me help you with one more thing since Walker said that and brought it to me. It's not a just a one-time shebang, shabam, I'm all new and everything's perfect, like a miracle. Or like uh, uh, as we look at the resurrection, you know, it's over. No, it happens one thought at a time, one intent at a time, one truth at a time. So could God be putting the old man down or crucifying the old man and raising up the new man at the exact same time? 100%. That'll help you not to be frustrated and condemn yourself. Okay? Thank you, Walker. All right, appreciate you guys. God bless you. Pray for one another and get to the study.